You're listening to your superpowered mind on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that investigates the innate power within your brain to create lasting change. Hello, everyone. Welcome to your superpowered mind. I'm your host, Kristen Maxwell, and in this show, we explore the process of transformation and give you tools and strategies that you can use to transform your own life. Today, I am really, really excited to be talking to our guest, Melinda Har Curley, about the power of art to expand awareness. And Melinda Harkerley is an abstract painter who uses her art to give physical form to energy. With both an MBA and a Master of Fine Arts degree, as well as certifications in a number of practices such as Reiki, Dermal Expression Cellular Upgrade, Old Code and Diksha, Melinda uses her awareness of energy to explore the intersection with art and creating paintings that transform the viewers. Melinda is also the host of the podcast, The Frequency of Creativity on the Superpower Network's Evolution Channel. Melinda, welcome to your superpowered mind. Thank you for having me, Kristen. And what a great introduction. You said it better than I could myself. So thank you. <laughs> no, it's great. Well, Luckily, I know you a little bit. I'm getting to know you. And so it's fun to um, to really pull together what you do, for, you know, as seen from the outside. And I'm really excited to be talking to you because as I told you before we started, I am not very um, educated in art. And I just love this idea that art can... Uh, be a vehicle that helps to transform its viewers. So with that, let me ask you my first question, which is what superpower did you discover as the result of mastering your mind? Well, first of all, I don't think I have mastered my mind, but I will answer the question from being in the process of trying to master my mind. And what I how I would answer what is my superpower and that certainly has evolved over my lifetime and my experiences. And right now I would say my superpower is that I'm able to resonate with the energy around me and funnel that energy into the physical form of a painting. So, for example, Kristen, um, where I paint, I'm in the I'm in central Pennsylvania in the Appalachian Mountains. And my art studio is a 1928 chestnut log cabin in a state forest. And I paint outside. I have a stump in front of an old oak tree. So I place my canvas on the stump, lean it against the tree. I'm surrounded by ferns, a snowmelt stream, and um, old growth trees. And I really acclimate. Before I paint, I am quiet and I acclimate with nature 
with the trees, with the stream, and just the whole energy of the forest. And that's the place that I paint from. Wow. And that's beautiful. I can picture that. And what I also feel, even as you're describing it, is that feeling of peace that at least I, and I know many, many people do, when they are outside and really paying attention to being in nature. So you play, you say you paint from that place. And if you can resonate with the energy and funnel into a painting, does that piece translate into your painting? That's a weird question, but... It's not a weird question at all, Kristen. Not at all. That is always my intention. And so it's like whenever you meet a person, so to me, a painting is alive. And I know what my intention is whenever I create the painting. And each person coming to the painting will have their own experience. Just like when you meet, if two people meet someone, two people will have a different experience. And it's the same way with paintings. Every person coming to the painting will have their own experience of it. And my intention for the painting is that it has a frequency level that matches the forest. So it's a very high frequency level. So wherever anyone is in their evolution, they can enter the painting at that level. And then as the person expands and evolves, the painting can hold that evolution and the painting can evolve along with the person. Okay, that is a really interesting idea. Um, and I want to go more deeply into that, except that we already need to take a break, which is crazy. Um, can you tell people where they can find you and learn about you um, and your work? Uh, Christina, I have a website and it's my name, melindaharcurly.com. So it has pictures of the cabin, it has pictures where I paint, my available art. Uh, I have a corporate collection uh, because I um, cor corporations acquire my art as well, and also a history of the art that has been purchased. And Kristen, I also write a poem with each painting as well. So you can see all of that on my website, melindaharcurly.com. Wow, that's great. I will put that in the show notes. And I also understand that you have a new podcast. Will they be able to find the link there? Yes. So the link to the podcast is on my website. As you mentioned at the beginning of the show, it's Frequency of Creativity, um, Exploring the Energetics of Art. And the link to the podcast is on my website. Great. All right, everybody, hang on. When we come back, I'm going to go deeper with Melinda into exploring the power of art to expand awareness. Hang on. 
Hello, I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts and creator of the Superpower Network. Welcome and thank you for making us your go-to place for inspired content, training, and community. The network is so much more than a place for amazing content. It's step one on the path to unlock your superpowers. Listen to one episode daily on the Superpower Network and attune yourself to inspired conversations, higher vibrational living, and much, much more. In step two, you learn with us by watching one of our inspirational videos each week from the IM series. And when you're ready, come grow in community. Our superpower programs offer a unique experience for those ready to harness their superpowers to change themselves, their lives, and ultimately, the world. Go to superpowerexperts.com and take the next step on your path today. Welcome back, everyone. I'm talking to Melinda Har Curley. And Melinda, before we got on, um, before we started the interview actual episode, you told me a story, I don't know if you'd mind sharing it, about what you learned about Jackson Pollock and his work. And for me, who's somebody, what this idea of um, a painting really having an energetic impact on me, it actually makes so much sense for why it does. Do you mind sharing that? I would love to, Kristen. This is one of my favorite stories. Um, there's a physicist and a painter. His name is Richard Taylor. He's on. He's head of the physics department at the University of Oregon. And um, so that it's not that usual that you have a physicist who also has an interest in art. Um, so Dr. Taylor analyzed the paintings of Jackson Pollock. So for those of uh, you that may not know who Jackson Pollock is, he was considered an abstract painter. Uh, He uh, became popular uh, in the 40s and 50s as, and he's part of the um, abstract expressionism movement in New York. And how Pollock distinguished himself is by his unique painting style. So his work is huge, very, very large. So his process was to take a canvas, a loose canvas, lay it out on the floor. He would get a paint can, walk around the canvas and just drip paint on the canvas. And that was the whole technique for him to create and what they were called are his drip paintings. And at first they were dismissed. And then over time, he, you know, gained the notoriety that he does now as being one of the greatest American painters. Um, So Dr. Taylor analyzed Jackson Pollock's paintings. And what he found is that they contain fractals. Now, fractals mean repeating patterns. So it's comprised of fractal geometry. Now, and also what Dr. Taylor found is that these fractals mimicked the patterns in nature. So that when they did um, different testing of people viewing nature and viewing Jackson Pollock's paintings, So it's scientifically, they were able to prove that Pollock's paintings held this patterning 
And it's just now the next question is, how did Pollock achieve this organic natural patterning by walking around just dripping paint on the canvas? So that's the big mystery. But and so it's people in viewing Pollock's work they weren't consciously aware of this patterning and they connected on an unconscious level. And I think that is really fascinating. And so my question is, how did he connect with the energy of nature to mimic these patterns in his painting? I'm not a scientist. I'm not able to run all of these computer analysis studies. And through my Reiki training, through my shamanic Reiki training, I question if he and what a lot of people don't know is that Pollock is from Wyoming and that he grew up in this culture rich with Native Americans. And one of his most successful art shows was in Paris. And at this small Parisian museum, they exhibited Pollock's work along with Native American artifacts. So this curator tried to make the connection between this Native American energy and Pollock's work And it was a very successful exhibit. And I asked the same question. Does his upbringing in that environment, did that influence his ability to connect with nature and then encode his paintings in this way? Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, and the part that my brain goes to is the fact that he was able the paintings held the patterning of nature and nature calms us down and so when we would look at his paintings we would be calmed down or viewers would be calmed down because and doctor, of patterns and doctor excuse me dr taylor Um, conducted some of those studies and they found in a general sense that nature reduces stress by 60%. And so, and he, he, the density wise that he analyzed Pollock's paintings. And so viewing his paintings elicited the experience of being in nature. Yeah. It's so cool how that works. Those, just those unconscious visual clues or energetic. I mean, it's probably visual and energetic that we take in and that we then as the viewer use to have our own emotional reaction. Yes. And so to me, Pollock's the best example of that because of the scientific analysis of his work. And it's not just Pollock. I feel that this energy is present in every piece of work, 
whether it be music, whether it be poetry, whether it be a physical art, a sculpture, uh, or painting, I feel this is true of all artwork. And that's what I'm interested in on both sides. How does an artist capture energy and funnel energy in form? Then you as the viewer, how do you resonate with that piece of art? And how does the energy go from the artist to the work of art to the viewer and that circle of connection? Yes, it's fascinating. Yeah, to me, it really is. And also, the title of the show, I feel that it speaks to the power of art or the unspoken or the unseen power of art. And how can a viewer interact with a piece of art on an unconscious level, like we discussed about Pollock, and how can the energy of that art, um, in Pollock's case, um, calm the viewer down and how can the viewer interact with this energy and resonate with this energy so that they, the energy expands their awareness, expands their vision, expands their perception, expands their experience so that this can have practical application in people's lives. So if you interact with a piece of artwork and you experience this expanded awareness, then when you're in your everyday life, can you look at your life from a perspective of expanded awareness? If you have a decision to make, can you look at it from a broader perspective? If you have to make a decision, can you look at it from expanded awareness? So my intention is for my own personal artwork is that the energy that a viewer can interact with from my painting expands your awareness and that this can enhance your everyday existence. Wow. And I guess, so what I'm wondering, do you have the opinion that all art has the energy or is it certain artists or certain people where it almost has to consciously be imbued? This is where I'm coming in as a non, obviously, artist. No, these are perfect questions. Perfect. Perfect. Um, I would say art the analogy I used earlier, like art is like a person. Every person has an energy. And to me, every form of art has an energy as well. Some might be more vibrant and easier to connect with. And others may be more subtle and more understated and harder to connect with. And for me, every form of art is alive. Wow. Well, so I guess what I'm wondering, I, I have two 
from questions from two points of views. One is, do you consciously, I mean, what, what do you do? I mean, you get attuned to nature. And then how do you express that energy? I don't even know if that's even an answerable question. Um, it's a great question, Kristen. Um, one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is because I feel a lot of, and this is even a new topic among artists, like the energetics of art. Like, for example, I spoke with the um, marketing director at the Hirshhorn Museum, which is part of the Smithsonian. And we had a great conversation because they have an upcoming exhibit. And I'd like to have the curator on my podcast. And this whole idea of energy and art, even within the art community, it's not a, a well-developed topic or a perspective or lens in which through which to view art. So even with her, I had a 15 or 20 minute discussion about it and it really was interesting. So a number of artists, they do imbue their work with energy and they're not, they consciously are not aware of it because it's their superpower and it comes intuitively and they are not consciously aware of it. Now, I'm probably the anomaly that I consciously create this, and it's probably from my background in energy. I've always been interested in energy, and for 50 years, I've been taking energy classes and workshops and working with different uh, teachers. So I come from it for from a more unusual place where I go in the woods and I paint in the woods and I meditate and am quiet before I paint to synchronize and resonate with the frequency of the woods. Then once, and it's kind of like a clicking in for me. And once I feel clicked into that frequency, that's when I paint. Wow. So, so then as a viewer, how would you suggest that people approach art? Is there a way of um, becoming, well, I mean, it's sort of an, I'm sort of answering my own question, but of becoming more aware of the energy as say you approach a piece of art. My best advice is to be open. To just be open, not to have any preconceived ideas, and just to be blank. To clear yourself and, um, like, you know, a number of us, whenever we go into a, an experience, we just want to be clear. So my advice is just to be clear, to empty yourself, be open, and stand in front of the piece of art. And then just experience it from yourself to experience it on a visual level, to experience it on an emotional level. 
And, you know, in, if you're in a museum or an exhibit, a lot of times they have descriptions, which are very, very helpful. And my advice is just to experience the art individually first. See what your personal experience is. What is your personal resonance? Then after you, and it's like a person, like after you develop a relationship with the piece of art, then read about it, then see what the artist's intention is. You may have a very, especially in abstract art, you may have a very different experience of the art than what the artist intended. Mm. And that's a very valid experience. Yes. And yeah, this is so funny. One of my best friends is, um, she's in art education. She obviously hasn't taught me enough yet, but (laughs) she, she told me that they've done a lot of studies on what is the most meaningful for people when they go to visit museums and are interacting with art. And they found that the if the curator tells them all about the pieces and they're educated, the people remember nothing. But if you stand in front of the piece of art and say, okay, what do you see here? What do you notice? The people retain the art and it was is much more meaningful to them because it's what they notice. And I did not, I did not know that Kristen. So thank you for sharing that with me. Yeah, It's very interesting. And she's done just for fun, a couple sort of like classes during COVID where she'll bring on a piece of art and she'll say, okay, what do you see here? And what do you see here? And people notice vastly different things. That's what's been so interesting is I look at it and of course I see it this way. And then it's like, whoa, I didn't even notice that over there. So it's very interesting. Um, Kristen, to speak to that, one of um, my clients is a, um, uh, a Reiki master and also a therapist, and she combines the two modalities. And she commissioned a painting from me. So I created this painting for her office and the painting has become part of the session. And a lot of times in the session, just what you were speaking to, Kristen, she'll have the client look at the painting and talk about what they see. And then the painting has become an integral part of the session. And each client has a different experience of the painting. And a client can have a different experience of the painting from one session to another. Yeah. It's really, it's really very interesting. And I have to say that in my own experience of it, when she does these, these, my friend does these sessions and we go through, usually what they do now in a lot of the museums is they just leave it at that. People talk but I'm like, well, I also want to know what the artist thought. What did the artist mean, you know, when they say, and what what was the society part that they're living in? Because I do want to know, oh, well, they were the court's, you know, um, soul painter, and they were about to lose their position, and they were falling from power. I mean, that kind of stuff is interesting, too. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But, oh, uh, it's very fun. 
Well, and Kristen, I I just want to add to that. A number of painters don't want to give you any information. Like, for example, um, one of my favorite uh, abstract painters is Clifford Still. He wanted you to know nothing about his intention. Nothing. And he wanted you to have this authentic personal experience. So there are a number of artists who give you no information and they want you to experience it on your own terms and they don't want you to know what they intend. That's so interesting. Yes. And I love the idea though of what you're talking about um, and shoot, we're almost running out of time is that you can interact with a piece of art. You can expand your awareness and then you can take that, that expanded awareness and openness out into the rest of your life. Absolutely, Kristen. And that is one of my intentions as an artist. Uh, Well, I did look at some of your art that I could find online and it's lovely. (laughs) Uh, It's amazing. Um, Thank you. Thank you, Kristen. Yeah, I look forward to to seeing more of it. Um, Can you remind people again where they can find you? and your new podcast, and your art, and all of that? Kristen, um, please go to my website, melindaharcurley.com, with the podcast and examples of my work, and also the poem that I write for each painting as well. Yeah, which is lovely, too. I had not realized that. Okay, Thank you so much, Melinda, for sharing your viewpoint. I, I, I obviously have a lot to learn in this area, so I love um, you opening me up to the possibilities of thinking about it differently and feeling and being with it differently. And lis- listeners, thank you so much for being here. And if you want to learn more about what we do here at Superpower Experts, Go to superpowerexperts.com and follow the three steps that you can use in unlocking your own superpowers. Until now and next time, go out and remember that you do hold the power to change and transform your world. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today. 